welcome to the Super Syntax High School Football Multimedia Podcast. I'm Chad Conine, along with Waco Trip Sports Editor Bryce Cherry. It's our first installment of the new season of the podcast as we head cautiously into the second week of the season. Uh, Bryce, first question, um, is it surprising that we are in fact headed into the second week of high school football games because of the insane nature of 2020? Certainly. Uh, I think, you know, it, I think the overwhelming feeling is gratefulness. Um, you know, the fact that we are still having football games to go cover and and watch and, um, you know, obviously the, for these teams and coaches to, to go play in, you know, I mean, uh, I just feel grateful and, um, you know, it's it's different, but it's, you know, it's football. So, mm-hmm. Um, I think we've got to take what we can get, and and certainly the fact that we're moving into week two with no Central Texas teams, you know, shutting things down right now. I mean, yeah, let's knock on wood for sure. Um, that's a good thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Are you a fan of the Indiana Jones movies? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've I've watched most of them. I think. Uh-huh. Isn't there a scene in one of them where he has to walk on certain tiles to get across? Yeah, that's the uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I feel like the the high school football season is at. You know, going from zero week all the way to the extended week ten for five A and six A. You know, hopefully we'll have a game to stand on without completely falling through for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you feel like one might fall through at some point. And, and I'm not trying to wish anything on anybody, but. I, because I hope all the teams get to play all 10 games. But I don't think, if I were a betting man, I would not bet on that getting all the way through without having a few teams have to drop some games here and there. Well, and I think the real test, the litmus test, is probably when the 5As and 6As start mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of those teams, um, when we're talking about around the state, are in you know big city metro areas that have you know, had a lot higher COVID numbers than, than some of the rural, you know, communities. Sure. Now, you say that, like, Iredale had to drop its game last week. Yeah. So, um, and, and you know, uh, we don't want to overlook them as we were, we were talking about we hope all our teams get through all their games because it's weird because I guess Golson and Iredale have already had to drop games, and those are some of our most isolated schools, you know. But um, Copperall uh, had yeah, to yeah. cancel its season, and now six man, um, you know that that's not a an uncommon thing in any season for right. for a certain you know team to maybe have to shut things down. But I think it probably is hampered a little bit by COVID, as you know, kids. You know, if if you have one or two kids mm-hmm. at a six-man school opt out, Yeah. well, okay, now you don't have enough maybe to have a team. Yeah, you have nine kids and, and two tear ACLs and two mamas decide they don't want their kids playing because of COVID-19, then you're down, you don't have enough to play. And I don't know if it was Cop Hurl that, uh, was that was that a different issue besides the COVID-19 I issue? think they were just down on numbers. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not trying to speculate there but i'm just saying Mm -hmm. um i have talked to a lot of six-man coaches leading up to the season and and uh there was a lot of this particular sentiment which was a twist on a on a phrase we've heard ten thousand times over the years 
uh, which was, if we can just stay COVID-free, we'll be okay, you know? <laughs> and uh, obviously, we've heard that in regard to injuries. Right. Well, now it's uh, add COVID to that mix. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to look back. I hope that we look back at, from some distance, maybe three years down the line, and just shake our heads at how crazy this all was. But, yeah, um, no doubt. Uh, so... Um, one thing we've talked about this week and in, in uh, making a regular segment, I kind of put you on the spot here. I hope you were able to research this mm-hmm. as we were doing all the other things we do. But um, it's sort of a pound-for-pound pound rankings in Central Texas uh, among our football teams that we cover. And I think this is a good place to do it because it allows us to give some, some reasons rather than just rolling out rankings out of the newspaper and waiting for the complaints to roll back <laughs> in. Uh, so anyway, give me your top well, – Top five, do you think that works? Yeah, that yeah. works. Okay. Uh, my top five, and I'm going to go countdown style, five, four, three, two, okay. one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with Conley at number five, and uh, Cadets coming off uh, a really impressive win over Sunnyvale last mm-hmm. week, uh, mm-hmm. a ranked Sunnyvale team. Um, it looks like Conley, um, even losing JV on Sunday, still has an embarrassment an embarrassment of riches in the backfield. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. With Tyler Webb and quarterback transferring in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you got KV on Gaither now moving to running back. And the the young kid that had a great game was his Weisner. name. Trey Weisner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they've got some, uh, some guys, some horses there at Conley, and they're going to be tough all year. Um, that should be a fun team to watch. Yeah, I was talking to some – well, uh, let's keep going with the rankings, and we'll talk about more about Conley in a minute. Okay. Uh, my number four team would be Cameron Yo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeoman, really impressive road win over Mejia uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, going up a division to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then um, my th- number three team is Jonesboro. Uh, again, uh, we're talking pound for pound. Pound, pound, for pound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jonesboro, you know, obviously they made a couple years ago, they made two straight state championship game appearances last year. They lost in the state semifinals. So, uh, you know, they're, they're a team they are ranked second right now in one, a division one, um, they're a team you expect to play deep into the season. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then my number two team, uh, by maybe a, an eyelash would be La Vega, um, obviously, another team that has is very familiar with playing into December and um, looks every bit the part this year. Right, uh, right. Great start for for La Vega with a, a win over um, a ranked Port Lavaca Calhoun, and and you know how impressive is that that La Vega can just switch gears midweek and oh okay we're gonna play this team instead and we're still gonna go out and kick their butts you know yeah 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 and and then number one it's got to be mart um you know we're talking about a team that's won three straight state championships i'm not sure if you were doing pound for pound in the state that you could top mart yeah absolutely they're they are a powerhouse and um you know it'll be interesting to see if anybody can supplant them from that that number one ranking as we do these each week. Right, yeah, absolutely. Well, it, yeah, because they could lose a game or two and we would still regard them high, highly in that spot. I don't know. Uh, you just edited my high school notebook for the week. Did you notice in there? Mark, first four opponents, they go three divisions up. Yeah, absolutely. They sure. basically play a 3AD1 non-district schedule and they're 2AD2. Yeah, and I'm not going to call any local schools out, but like I was talking with Kevin Hoffman at one point uh, mm. before the season started. 
And um, he said that uh, one of his assistant coaches came in one day because Mark still had two holes in its schedule. They picked mm-hmm. up a game now to fill one of those holes. But right. uh, I'm just going to say they said, so-and-so, hey, so-and-so has a, a week three open. And and Kevin Hoffman was like, they ain't playing us. <laughs> <laughs> so, so-and-so, you know. Whoever that is. Uh, whoever right. that is, it, we know you're midway? not going to. Huh? Was it midway? It was not midway. <laughs> it was a school in Mar- in Mart's own classification. Okay, okay, okay. So, well, uh, two of those teams you just mentioned, um, Connolly and La Vega, play each other on Friday night. Connolly travels a short distance to Willie Williams Stadium, and the rivals will meet on the football field in a regular season game for the first time since 2017. Uh, you know, what does this rivalry mean to the area? It, it's a great rivalry across the board in all sports, okay? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's probably at its best in basketball. I've covered a lot of those Conley-La Vega basketball games, mm-hmm. boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they really, you know, they've been rivals a long, long time. And especially, you know, um, in in basketball. They're always in the same district in that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then they haven't always been in football. Right. And so that's why I think um, – and, and then I think, you know, La Vega's just been a, on a little bit different level than Conley in football. Um, right. You know, Conley's, I think, on the way up. But – so I think it's, a, it's an important rivalry to those two communities. Mm-hmm. I think they really get into it. And I think if you asked Conley – Fans, who their biggest rival would be, they would say La Vega. Right, I, La Vega. That would be an interesting question to pose to them because I think it would be either Conley or China Spring. Perhaps right, right. You've right, had right. so many great battles with China Spring, but I feel like both communities and they're and they're so close together. Uh, really get into that rivalry. You know, it, it, it occurs to me that in when I was at the trip previously from two thousand three to two thousand nine. There was this sense, and th- and at that time, La Vega and Conley would be in the same district in football a lot. It was before the division split. And there was this sense that, you know, for a little while, the best players in that area would be at one school, and then they'd slide over, and then sometimes the best players would be at the other school. And so you didn't have, like, real even matchup between those, you know, between those two for a long time. But I, now I feel like you do, and... and, and Coach Anderson, Shane Anderson at Conley made the point that in the last couple of years they've risen themselves up, you know, and, and now they get to find out where they're at when they when they go against La Vega in a game that matters. You know, they've scrimmaged each other, and from what I've heard, those have been some pretty aggressive, lively scrimmages. But um, last time they played, it was 42-2, to La Vega. You got any predictions for this week? So I would expect it to be a lot closer than 42-2. to um, here, Here's... So I'm going to make a very Chad-esque analogy here. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. um, so this is going to be way, like, too much information for a lot of people. But uh, this this analogy, first of all, came to me in the shower this morning. Yeesh. Um, and uh, so my body wash that I use <laughs> is, um, that I currently use, I, I'm not necessarily tied to one brand, but uh, is called Swagger Okay. by Old Spice. And uh, <laughs> it really actually does smell very good. Um, so Old Spice, if you're listening, um, 
bcherry at wacotrip.com. You can, that's where you can send the check. But um, where I'm going with this swagger is uh, La Vega just has a swagger. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I feel like that is like a, a touchdown advantage over a lot of teams. You know, just right. going onto the field, you have like this psychological advantage mm-hmm. over your team mm-hmm. because and, and and I'm not talking about a cockiness in a bad way. I'm talking about you going onto the field knowing that if we play well and do what we're supposed to do, mm-hmm. we're going to win this game. And so I like give Oklahoma football or, or yeah, Kansas basketball. Absolutely. And yeah. so I, that's one of the reasons I give La Vega the edge in this game. I'm going to say um I'm going to say it's more of a lower scoring game, maybe like uh, 24-14. Yeah, well, you would think, you know, with La Vega playing uh, Port Lavaca Calhoun, and that was, what, 20-7, to you know, and then you had Conley open it up with Sunnyville in a, in a you know, real barn burner of a game with this much higher scoring. Uh, yeah, you would think that would, you know, if, if La Vega has its kind of grip on the game, then it might be lower scoring. Um, it's It's... It's real interesting. I mean, especially if you like running game because you got um, you know a real ground and pound style on both sides of the ball. Another thing Anderson told me that I'll put in the preview capsule is that they kind of mirror each other. And uh, I, I bet Conley from that standpoint wishes they could uh, uh, play this game with old pulling on the line instead of him being at Oklahoma State. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Um, but there's still a lot of talent on both of these teams. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and. Uh, you know, they're going to get into it. They're going to mix it up a little bit on Friday night. Um, so It should be a hard-hitting game. That's where you'll be. Right, right. And uh, that that reminds me, and this is just a throw-in to the, the podcast because that's what the podcast is for. But I'm watching the last Friday night's game between Tig and Mart, and uh, uh, my spotter pointed this out to me. He heard him say this, but one of the Mart players – tackled uh, Tig Kyle on the Tig sideline and got up, and I think one of the Tig players on the sideline must have mouthed at this particular Mark player and must have talked some trash because the Mark player got up and just yelled, yeah, you're on the sideline, right? Stay there. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> that's some swagger. <laughs> right, right. Mart's another one that's earned the right to yep. wear their swagger and, mm-hmm. and let it emanate. Right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, also, this game is going to be on TV. Uh, it's a good call, um, I think. I mean, do you think it's a good call for the COVID-19 era for the UIL to, you know, lift this ban or restrictions um, on on broadcasting Friday night games live, you know, either streaming or, in this case, over the air on the CW? Uh, is that a good call, and is that here to stay? Uh, so that's two different questions, and I think, yes, it's a good call for the COVID-19 era. Um, the second question there, you know, is it here to stay? Uh, well, I'm going to take the UIL at its word. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so Dr. Charles Bryhupt, uh, who we know, you know, he's on the high school football hall of fame board with mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, when they made this announcement of lifting the long time Friday night band that they had, mm-hmm. um, he said it was a one-time thing, a one-year thing mm-hmm. for, for COVID. Um, you know, I guess the um, amendment to that would be 
it depends on how long COVID lasts, too. You know, if, right? Uh, you know, God forbid. But if COVID's around in twenty twenty one, maybe we're we've still got uh, Friday night TV games. Um, I think it's appealing on a lot of levels to a lot of people that you know mm-hmm. they can they can you know actually watch high school football on their television. The reason they've always had that ban in place, if you ask the UIL and Dr. Bryhupt. Um, is they've always wanted to promote attendance at the games. Sure, And sure. so the, that they've always withheld those games from television just to try to get people to go to games, you know, in person. And, right. And obviously right. this year is different. I think there's a way bigger issue here in terms of why they do that and why they keep that ban in place. Because if you start talking about television contracts for high school teams, mm. um then you it's get into a whole different money situation, yeah. you know, and and I personally am for the name image likeness uh, thing on the college level. If if other people want to pay these athletes besides the school, so be it. Right. I mean, NCAA Final Four is already this glitz and glam affair, and and you know if the local Ford dealership wants to have such and such college player, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that um, we would be wise as a society to keep that out of the high school game is uh, forever. Yeah, probably. yeah. Um, but it'll be fun, you know, for for a lot of people to sit at home and watch this, particularly this, you know, game, this LaVega Conley game well, that we're talking about. You know, I, you know that I'm always here in the office on Friday nights, kind of running the uh, mothership. And, yeah. and yes, we have a uh, television here in the office, so I, I think I'll know where that one will be too. <laughs> I'll, I'll wave at you. Uh, I guess the, I feel lucky that you don't. You haven't decided to cover that one on the TV and send me somewhere else. Well, that's a good call. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Yep. Well, that's the last script. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention this week, Mr. Sports Editor? No, that sounds good. Let's uh, see you at the games or on the television. All right. Thanks. See you all next week.